This is Amy Bauman, and you are listening to Speaking Truth with Love. For more information about myself or for His Glory Ministry, you can head to amybauman.com. Now here is today's show. Good morning. Happy New Year. I know, I cannot believe this is the last day of 2023. And when I think about this past year and how the ministry has grown, thanks to all of your prayers and support, it's amazing that we're here today getting ready to start a brand new year. And so the Lord really wanted us to take a look back today, not only at the ministry, which I want to share with you a video here in just a second, but also just our lives in general. It's, it's hard for us to go forward and know the direction that we're going to go if we can't look back and see where we've been. So we're going to talk about that today. We're going to look at one of the greatest examples of that as we look at Exodus with the Israelites and how we can apply that to our own lives But we have to remember that God is a God of new creations and that he wants to do a new thing in us. But are we ready and willing to allow him to do that? Are we willing to surrender and let him work and move? So I have a lot to share with you. Before we get started, let's open this up with prayer. And then I want you to take a look back with me at 2023. Father God, I thank you. I thank you for this opportunity for us to come together from people all over the world to unpack your truth uh, so that we can become more like you. We get to worship you and spend time with you and pray to you. And I just ask Holy Spirit that you will work and move in this space, that you will fall on each person watching, each person listening, that they will feel your presence in a real and tangible way And Holy Spirit, we invite you in to come and do a new thing in us. I pray for a fresh revelation that I will speak your truth with love. And we thank you you for everything that you are going to do. We love you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's take a look at this ministry video and how God has been working and moving over the last year.
Isn't that amazing? And like I said earlier, we can't do this without your continued prayers and support. So thank you. Thank you for all the ways that you have been helping and praying for the ministry to grow, all the ways that we've been working around the world. And um, it's a blessing. And I can't wait to see everything that God is going to do in 2024. But maybe where you're sitting from today, it's been a challenging year and you haven't been able to see a whole lot of growth. Maybe you can look back today and say, wow, this has been a tough year. Maybe you've had some unexpected challenges that you didn't see coming. Maybe there was an illness in your family or a job lost. Maybe you're having, finding, having trouble finding a new job again. Maybe you've been waiting for restoration in a relationship and it still hasn't happened. Maybe today, as you're watching, you're discouraged and you're troubled and you're feeling like this new year isn't going to be any different than the last. And you're really struggling today thinking about uh, the season that you are currently in. I'll admit, I used to love New Year's Eve. I used to love this idea that when the clock struck midnight, it was going to be this brand new year and it was almost as if the slate was going to be completely wiped clean. I used to uh, look at the clock, count down until it was going to hit midnight, and I would make all of these New Year's Eve resolutions. This was going to be the year that I was going to lose weight. This was going to be the year that I was going to have more money. I was going to be a better person. I was going to be a better wife. I was going to be a better Christian. And I was never going to do those same sins again. It was a new slate and a new year. And I really loved the idea of this opportunity for just a new start. So when that clock struck midnight, I felt brand new for about eight hours. Of course, I was sleeping at the time. I didn't have any harsh words. I didn't yell at my kids or make any mistakes. I was asleep. And it was the best eight hours of the entire year. And then I woke up. I woke up and my life wasn't really any different than it was the year before. I still found myself yelling at my kids. I still found myself doing the same mistakes over and over again. I still found that I had bitterness and resentment that hadn't gone away. I still found that I was afraid of, of things that were happening in the world. And oftentimes we want the brand new feeling and we think that just the clock striking 12, it's going to all happen and, and magically appear. And oftentimes we're not willing to go through and do the work and make the changes that we can actually do by allowing the Lord to come in and look at our hearts and the shape and make sure that we're realigned with his word so that we can actually be brand new. 
We're not willing to give up the things. We're not willing to make the changes that we need to make. And for some reason, even though we're unwilling to do what we need to do and allow God to come in and work and move, we want to see different results. However, that's one of the many reasons that I love God so much is that he is a God of the new. He can make things brand new. I've seen him do that. He can restore and redeem and replenish and refill. He can work and move as no one else can. But unfortunately, it's not a a wave of a wand. It's not the snap of a fingers. It's not the pill that we take or the video that we watch or a computer program we need to buy. He asks us to do one thing, and that's surrender. Surrender our lives to him. Maybe when you hear that word, you're like, well, that's pretty easy, right? All I need to do is just surrender my life. I can do that. Seriously, that's all you're asking me to do is just surrender? All right, let's do this. Let's start off 2024 with surrender. But maybe where you're sitting today, and I can vouch for this as well, surrendering is one of the hardest things that we will ever do. Because we have this one thing that really pushes its weight around and gets in the way of that surrender, and it's our flesh. Our flesh wants what it wants. When it gets hungry, it wants to be fed. When it gets tired, it wants to sleep. When it's thirsty, it wants something to drink. When it's angry, it wants to be able to let people know how they feel. When it has sexual desires, it wants that need met. And sometimes our struggle is that we get used to living in the flesh that we don't even realize that it's imprisoned us. We don't even realize that our flesh is dictating our lives on a daily basis. And that's where we can see that struggle with addiction and brokenness. When we are addicted to something of this world that we can't live without, and it starts dictating our daily walk, it tells us when we need the next fix and the next drink and that next food that next relationship. We don't even realize that we are slaves, slaves to sin. So when we talk about the God of the new and how he wants to do a new thing in us, the idea of surrendering our lives and that journey that actually takes us forward, we have to look back. And I want to look back today at one of the biggest stories in the Bible that show a person's journey, a group of people and their journey, how God took his people out of slavery and into freedom. And that's the story of the Israelites. To set the stage, the Israelites were oppressed 
living in the kingdom of Egypt during the time of Joseph, there was seven years of plenty and seven years of famine. During the seven years of famine, the people would come and sell things to buy grain. Eventually, there was nothing more to sell, so they sold their property, and eventually they sold themselves. So they worked for the Pharaoh and made bricks for his kingdom, and they were his slaves. And they cried out to God continuously. God heard their cries, and he commissioned Moses to go to Egypt and free his people. Now, there's a lot of facets to the story, and you can camp on um, things that, that happened and unpack, and everything has, everything has different meanings, but I just want to focus today specifically on the journey that God took the Israelites on through the desert. Keeping in mind that their very first experience with God was nothing more than miraculous. I mean, if there was anybody that was going to come and save somebody, I don't know why you wouldn't be able to right away see God's the one. Ten plagues, right? Ten plagues right out of the gate. God proved his faithfulness to his people time and time again until he got them out into the desert. And those ten plagues, the Egypt people had felt favorable towards the Israelites. And after those 10 plagues, they gave them all of the gold and silver and fine linen before they even left Egypt. God's design and how he orchestrated everything was perfect. Finally, Pharaoh let them go. They got out to the Red Sea and Pharaoh's army chased after them. You need to read the entire story. Uh, to, to get all those details. And as they're standing there and Pharaoh's army is coming, they just can't believe that God would take them out into the desert to kill them when they could have just stayed in Egypt. And yet God had Moses raise his staff and speak over the sea. And the Red Sea parted and the Israelites walked across on dry ground. Pharaoh's army followed them and the Lord closed the sea and all of Pharaoh's army died. I'd like to think that if this was my first introduction to God, I would have been pretty impressed. I would have said, okay, I'm going to trust you, God, from here on out. I'm going to surrender my life right now and I'll do whatever you want me to do. You are a big God. I've just seen all of your miracles. I've just seen you open and part the Red Sea. I've seen you close it. It's a done deal for me. But as you read through Exodus, you see that every time the Israelites didn't get their way, didn't like their food, didn't like the path, didn't like the rules, they grumbled. And God was living with them. And they could see all the things that God did. 
and I used to read this and go, I don't understand the Israelites. And yet, this is us today. We want the God of the new to do something new in us, take us out of our situation, take us out of slavery, take us out of our circumstances, yet we grumble every step of the way. Every time our flesh doesn't get its way. But what I love about the story that I read in Exodus with the Israelites is that God never gave up on them. And he doesn't give up on us either. So what does he do? He takes them on an extra long journey through the desert, 40 years longer than it should have taken, and continues to show them every day until they get it. It would have been a very short trip as the crow flies, if they would have marched straight through the desert and over to the promised land. But no, they fought and complained and grumbled and argued and missed their slavery days. And it took them 40 years. And God continues to go before them and says, this is what it looks like to surrender your life. This is what it looks like to follow me as I go before you and prepare the way. I will provide your every need. I will keep you safe from your enemies. I will protect your families. I will be with you in community. And all you have to do is surrender. And yet this is where they struggled. He was a pillar of smoke by day and fire by night. He gave them water and manna and quail. He gave them the Ten Commandments. He was with them in the tent of meeting. And yet they still grumbled and they still wanted to go back to Egypt. And one day God said to me, Amy, I don't know why you're struggling reading this. You are just like them. That was a hard pill to swallow, but it was true. So many times we can see that log in someone else's eye, right? that speck, but we can't see the log in our own eye. We can't see ourselves because we're so busy judging other people and what they're doing, and yet we are the same. So today, as we're standing on the threshold of 2024, a brand new year, unsure of the challenges that will come, unsure of the trials we will go through, unsure of what we will experience, we stand here and say, okay, how do I surrender my life? 
How do I allow the Lord to do a new thing in me? Well, the first thing we can do is recognize that God is with us. We just came off of Christmas and we sang songs about Emmanuel and I posted posts about Emmanuel, God with us. That he loved us so much that he sent his one and only son into the world as a baby so that he could restore us back to himself. And yet we celebrate and we sing the songs and we say the words and then we get on the other side of Christmas and all of a sudden we feel alone. And we feel like, well, where is God? And God just showed us that he was with us, just like the Israelites. I just fed you quail and manna. I just went before you and prepared a way before your enemies. I just parted the Red Sea. And now we're one day farther ahead in the journey. And you are wondering, how am I going to provide for you? The question is, is are we going to allow the Lord to come into our lives and do a new thing? Are we going to let him? Are we going to surrender? Number two, we have to realize that this is a journey. This is a journey. This is a day-by-day, step-by-step journey following God. There is no easy button. There is no pill to take. There is no fast pass, fast track, or fast way through to get to the other side. It's one day at a time, one step at a time, following that pillar of smoke, that bright fire in the sky, keeping our eyes focused on Him and not our circumstances, not our enemies, but on God alone. The struggle that we have with that is that the world stresses and emphasizes speed, fast food, get it with overnight expedition, get it done now, don't wait, take this pill, it'll be so much easier than exercising, how to lose weight fast in 30 days or less. Everything is about speed. Like we just don't want to waste one moment of our lives waiting. My friends, this isn't a sprint. This is a marathon. And the most important thing is getting up every day and running the race, being steadfast and consistent, knowing that this is a journey. And a lot of times we got to check out from the world and the way that the world views things and realize that we need to keep our eyes focused on God. Number three, we need to look for the lessons. In my old life, there were a lot of hardships, a lot of things that happened based on consequences of choices that I made. And yet I would grumble my way through all of them, complaining, saying, why do I have to go through this? Why do I have to walk this path right now? Until one day someone said to me 
in these hard moments that I was going through, why don't you ask God what he wants to teach you during this time? Yeah, I guess I could do that. Maybe there's a lesson that you need to learn as you travel through this hardship. Perhaps. So, I did the thing. I started to ask God. Okay, what do you want to teach me, Lord? Instead of grumbling, what do you want me to learn right now in this season? And it's amazing how if you ask God, he will show you. He will make a way to show you. And in the hardships and in the hard times and in the struggles and the storms of life that the Lord was able to teach me about patience. He was able to teach me about persevering. He was able to teach me about his faithfulness. And if it would have been rainbows and butterflies and unicorns and blue skies and clear sailing, I would continue to just navigate the way I was navigating. And I wasn't learning anything. So these challenging times that I was walking through, even though I caused a lot of them by choices that I made, God was still able to use the circumstances and the situations to teach me something if I was willing to trust him and listen. And if I could trust in him alone and let him work and move, he would do a new thing in my marriage. He would do a new thing in my finances. He would do a new thing in my relationships. He would do a new thing in my children's lives. But I needed to surrender. I needed to stop trying to do everything on my own with my own hands and my own ideas. I needed to surrender to his will. I needed to surrender to the way that he wanted to get things done. I needed to pray. I needed to pause. I needed to allow the Lord to work and move instead of me fighting in the flesh. I think the million dollar question for us today, as we look at the similarities between ourselves and the Israelites, is are we willing to walk it out for 40 years in the desert for the Lord to teach us something. If it takes that long, are you willing? Ultimately, he wanted to give them the gift of the promised land. He wanted to give them this gift. And I wonder if they could have made it in half the time, if they would have grumbled half as much. If we, if we look at the scale, if they would have just trusted him. And I look at that in our own lives today and say, I wonder why we're going through these hard things. 
I wonder why our journeys are so hard when we keep making the same mistakes. When we keep thinking the same ways are going to work. When we keep believing the lies from the enemy. When we keep questioning God. If they would have been quick to listen and slow to speak, if they would have praised him for all of the gifts that he gave them so freely, especially the, the manna and the quail, even when they were tired of eating it, if they could have still been grateful. I mean, maybe that's you today. I've eaten a lot of macaroni and cheese in my life. Box after box after box, sometimes day after day after day. But I could be grateful that I have something in my belly instead of what is being fed to me. And then number four, we have to ask the Lord to give us revelation so that we can see from his perspective. You see, God's perspective is different than ours. God works with a different time than we do, right? We're all about hours and days and minutes and years. And God is about seasons and moments. God, God's time constraints, he doesn't have any. He can work in the past and the present and the future. God is everywhere at all time. We as humans have put constraints on time, but not God. If we can see from his perspective, if we can allow him to do a new thing in us, if we can ask him to come in and work and move as only he can. I want to read to you the promise that God gave his people that he would deliver them in Exodus 6, 6 through 8. I am the Lord, and I will bring you out from under the yoke of Egyptians. I will free you from being slaves to them, and I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with mighty acts of judgment. I will take you as my own people, and I will be your God. Then you will know that I am the Lord your God who brought you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians. And I will bring you to the land I swore with uplifted hand to give to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. I will give it to you as a possession. I am the Lord. Do you, when he, do you know when he spoke these words? Before he even took them out of the land. Before they even took one step out of Egypt, God promised. He promised them that he would free them, that he would redeem them, and that he would give them a promised land. And he did everything he said he was going to do. And yet, we forget. We read God's promises when we're in his word. We watch sermons and we do Bible studies and we read devotionals. 
and yet we get up to the line where we're going to cross over into a hard season and we say, well, this is it. <laughs> I'm done. God is not faithful. God's not going to walk with me. I don't know where God is right now, but I'm, I'm upset with God and I'm mad at God. And, and we haven't even gone into it yet. And we're already doubting God. We, we don't look back and see that he has walked with us every step of the way up until this step, this next step, this new year, and we lose our faith. I am the Lord, and I will bring you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians. I will help you take the next step. I have great plans for you. I loved you so much that I sent my one and only son for you. I want to give you hope and a future. I want to be in relationship with you. I have prepared a place for you to spend eternity with you. All you have to do is surrender. Surrender your life to me so that I can work and move. Are we believing God's promises today? Or are we continuing to act in our flesh? Looking at things only with our eyes. Forgetting all the ways that God has already worked and moved in our lives. Are we trusting God in the journey? And believing that he has great plans for us? Are we surrendering ourselves to his will? Dying to self? Whether it's day one or day, day 364. How are we walking it out each day? The prophet Isaiah wrote this to the people of Israel. And because it was inspired by the Holy Spirit, we can claim these words today. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. Maybe today you feel like you have been walking around in a wilderness. Maybe you're tired and hungry, feeling lost and alone, I want to encourage you today that it's time to invite the Lord in. It's time to let him do a new thing. It's time to forget the former things, the things that haven't worked out, the plans that haven't come to pass, the things that you've tried and the things that have failed. It's never too late. As long as we are breathing and alive, it's an opportunity for the Lord to come in and work and move. We need to remember that we serve a mighty God, a sufficient God. He's the same God. He's the same God from the old, like we sang about earlier today. A God who can part the Red Seas in your life. A God that can bring you through the desert and into the promised land.
a God that wants to teach you new things, things that will help you be more like him, aligning your life with his word. He knows what you're going through. He knows what you're going to face tomorrow. He knows where you are right now in this moment. And he wants to meet you. He wants to encourage you. And he wants to remind you that he's not done yet. This may be a new season that you're coming into, a brand new year. And maybe when the clock strikes midnight, your circumstances aren't yet going to change. But God knows when. God knows that exact moment when you are going to break through to the other side. And he wants you to continually step one step at a time, one day at a time, holding his hand. Let him do something new in you today. Amen. I think it's really important that as we're getting ready to start a new year, that we take communion as a body of believers and and remember what Jesus did for us on the cross. That is the only thing that can make us new in him. It's not the New Year's resolutions. It's not watching the ball drop. It's not when the clock strikes midnight. It's what Jesus did on the cross that we can have new life in him, be born again in him and receive that gift of salvation. So if you have your elements today, you will want to take those and get those out and get those ready as we prepare to take communion. The Lord Jesus said on the night that he was betrayed, he took a loaf of bread and when he had given thanks, he broke it and he said, this is my body that is for you. Take and eat and do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, he took the cup also after supper saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you that you are the God of new creations. I thank you that you are the same God, the God of Jacob and Abraham and Isaac, the God of Mary. You're the God of the Old Testament. You're the God that helped the Israelites cross the desert into the promised land. You are the God of today, the same God the same God that sent his son into the world as a baby so that he could walk among us as a man, die on a cross, rise again from the dead, and ascend into heaven. You are the God who loves us, who has great plans for us, and that doesn't need a New Year's resolution or a clean slate or the striking of midnight 
to do a new thing in us. There's only one thing that you need us to do, and that's surrender. So we offer up our hands to you today, and we say, Lord, we want you to do a new thing in us. Help us to surrender, to give our lives fully to you. And in the hard moments, in the moments in this world where we struggle, we ask for you to teach us, teach us new things, help us to be more like you, grow us to be more like you, realign our lives with your word so that we can be more like you. I thank you for each person watching today, Lord, for each person listening, and I pray that they will feel your presence as they cross the threshold into the new year that they will know that you are walking with them, that they will believe that you have great plans for them and that you are the God of new creations. We love you and praise you and thank you for everything that you are going to do. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Before we close today, I just want to remind you that as we are starting January, a brand new month and a brand new year, we are going to do a new series called The Fundamentals of Faith. And I realize that all of us come and watch church online and participate and all have different backgrounds and uh, different areas and levels of, of how well we know the Bible. And this is just a great way as we start off a new year to make sure that we do know the fundamentals of faith, that we do know who the Holy Spirit is, that we know how to read the Bible, that we understand how do we step out in faith each day to put on the full armor of God. So over the month of January, we're going to go back to the basics and understand the fundamentals of faith so that we can get into everything that God wants for us and to do in us and be on the same page with our faith. So I'm excited as we're going to start that up next week. You're not going to want to miss it. But as we close out today, I want to leave you with one final video to remind you um, that God is a God of new creation. So thank you so much for being here today and for joining us. And until next year, when we meet again, God bless. So things haven't turned out as you hoped. Life took a turn. A bump. A darkened sky. And at times it may have seemed there was no hope. But here's the good news. Our God is the God of fresh starts. Our God is the God of new beginnings. Our God brings new mercies, new compassions, not just once a year, not just when things are bad, but every single morning. This season has been tough. And for many of us, things will never be the same.
but we are here, breathing, maybe smiling, or crying, or shouting, or laughing, but we are here, feeling, maybe fighting, or cheering, or seeking, or grieving, but we are here, living, and we are not alone, our God is here, our God is with us, and our God is the God of new creations. Thanks so much for joining me today. Stay tuned for more Tuesday teachings, Sunday sermons, and encouraging messages along the way. And until next time, be blessed.